It is the Brotherly Love Podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. With John Mita, I am Joe O'Donnell. The one and only BL Podcast. Bringing it. And you know that already. Right, Johnny Mita? The peeps know that. They all know, baby. They all know. They know what time it is. Time to bring some you, fire to the show, Joe. I know. I know you. You. You got something you want to get off your chest real quick before we talk about those ten and one birds. So, yeah. uh, go ahead. Let Doc Rivers put Doc Rivers on blast. Yeah, I mean, so yesterday I I was kind of looking at the game here and there, and I was kind of disgusted. The team who are they had no playing, energy. By the way, I had no idea. They were playing they were the playing. Cleveland. All right, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Good team. You know, they traded for Donovan Mitchell. They have Darius Garland. They got some pieces. They look like they're going to be a top three, top four team in the Eastern Conference. So it's not like they're playing a team that's just wretched, which would have even made it even more worse than it is. And I know that James Harden and Tyrese Maxey are still out. But they go and absolutely get blasted out in Cleveland last night. Doc Rivers comes into his press conference. I just heard this morning, and he literally comes out and says, well, yeah, we just didn't have the energy, and this was – you know, this was a scheduled loss, a scheduled loss. Do you know what I equate scheduled loss to? Load management. It's an absolute disgrace. I never want to hear the term schedule loss again in my lifetime. How can you sit in front of your basketball team and tell them that it's acceptable to have a scheduled loss? I don't care if you're not playing with your full, you know, your full teammates or whatever. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. The other crazy part is, one time, Ike Reese and John Marks, 94.1, they have that as, their, as a drop, a schedule law. I thought it was a joke. Now it turns out he says it again. If I'm Daryl Morey, I would have met him when they got back to Philadelphia this morning. I don't know if they're still on a road trip. I would have met him on the plane. I would have fired his ass just like they did with Lane Kiffin at USC, right in the tarp, right right at the airport, and said, you know what, Sam Cassell, it's time for you to take the reins. To just have that as acceptable, acceptable behavior coming from a coach, what type of defeatist attitude that is? That's like, oh, guys, it's okay. You guys make millions of dollars. Oh, yeah, it's okay if you don't show up tonight. Eh, I know it's a back-to-back, but you know what? Eh. It's just another game. We got plenty more. It's just bullshit. I'm sorry to say, like, that's that's just ridiculous. I can't stand Doc Rivers. I can't stand when he got on the Philadelphia fans about you know, not appreciating Ben Simmons. Give me a break. You know what we know, Doc? This is what we know. You suck as a head coach. You absolutely suck, okay? You had a great team in Boston with Hall of Famers through the wazoo, Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, Rajon Rondo, Paul the Truth Pierce, and, and you're garbage. You're garbage. You got lucky. You caught lightning in a bottle one year. You stink as a head coach. I'm sick and tired of your attitude, and I want you fired today. I don't want to wait till Christmas. I don't want to wait till January. Get out of this city and go schedule some tea times out in Los Angeles at Crumb State. See you later. I love it. Uh, can I add one coach to the fired on the tarmac scenario? Sure. Gerard Gallant was literally given a cab ride when they fired him. 
He's the Rangers head coach now. He was in really? Vegas in between. He helped the Golden Knights in their inaugural season of the Stanley Cup final, as you may remember. Okay. Uh, heck of a head coach. The Panthers gassed him, I don't know, call it eight years ago. And they literally, I think he got a cab leaving the arena and was like talking to reporters as he was basically had just been fired. Yeah, listen, there's some times to do a classy fire. I would have no class for this. <laughs> Honest to God, I'd have movers at his house, pack up. See you later. Good. Bye. Be gone. Yeah, we'll ship, Go- we'll ship you the stuff from your office. I mean, he is so annoying. Like, Speaking of the just- Sixers. Go ahead. No, please get it off your chest. No, I'm, no, I'm just, I'm just like, it makes my blood boil. There's some certain things that have been making my blood boil, but I mean, to hear a schedule loss, like you gotta be kidding. Like, what do you think the players when they hear schedule loss? Like, what, what, what does that bring? Well, like, first of all, coaches almost always it's coach speak. They almost right. always say no excuses. You're just giving the guys an excuse. Why did you lose? Because we were supposed to lose. Because we couldn't win. Because we planned to lose. Because it was a schedule, you know, it's a tough break in the schedule. Like, give me a break. It just lets them off the hook, no matter who's in the lineup. And these are your hardworking guys. These aren't the stars. These are the the bread and butter guys. Now you're telling them it's cool that they couldn't get it done? I'm with you. And how about the fans in Cleveland? Right. $250 $250 right. for courtside seats or whatever the number is. Right. And you're exactly. basically telling them you rolled over. Right. And, or, a yeah, fan, yeah. or a Sixers fan that traveled to Cleveland. Yeah. Or this person's not going to play tonight because of load management, which never happened in the 90s. Best brand of basketball. I don't care what anyone says. Um, no, it, it just, man, it, that just, here's my thing. Like, I, I just don't under, like, you can think it. You just don't say it. And you never say it out. As much as you and your coaching staff know that that might be a schedule loss, yes, you don't exactly. say that. You don't. You, you don't, don't tell the that, team. You, you don't, don't tell, tell the, the team, media, and you don't yeah. tell the damn fan base. I mean, yeah. dude, this dude—they're gonna have pitchforks out for him, and for good reason because he's a jerk. Sorry. Yep. No. I'm All right. You. Let's move um, on to the positive things. Yeah. Let's get, let's some get to the birds. Let's get yeah. to the birds because this is a this is a shotgun wedding of a podcast. Uh, all right, they're ten and one. They beat the Packers forty to thirty-three. I'm assuming you were there. I talked to you at halftime. You seemed to be there. <laughs> I was there in spirit, Joe. My spirit animal. You were. You were. Uh, what'd you see? What'd you like? And then I do have a question for you, if you could address as well before I jump in, and that would be, like, are are the are the Philadelphia fans, uh, are the Eagles fan base, are we nitpicking on this? Break down what you like from the win, anything that's a cause for concern, and then are we being too hard on this team? Of course we're too hard and difficult on this team. That's what we do in Philadelphia. Just to steal one of your quotes, it's like a badge of honor. We're going to be critical because we want excellence from our football team. So whenever they do something that are lacking in a certain category, they're not, or, or players aren't playing hard, yeah, we're going to criticize them. They could be undefeated. It's just what we do. Could it be a little too harsh? Sure. But that's just who we are, and we can't change. It's like trying to take stripes off a zebra. It's just not going to happen. So they just have to accept it. We accept it, and we'll move forward. Now, what, I, what did I like? 
I like the fact that this football team can find different ways to win a football game. Amen. You know, I think that is one of the greatest things. It's like, okay. So I'm in the stands, right? And, of course, here we go. We start the, you know, Air Coriel, the air assault. You know, they they pass twice, and we get nothing. Then we – then Jalen bails us out on a run. It's like, you know, start running the football, and then they ran it, and they just kept running it down their throats. And listen, apparently they ran the one play 11 times, um, one running play 11 times. And it's like, listen, if keep running it. I, I don't fault the, uh, fault the coaches for that. So, No, 100%. Listen. I mean, look, we saw last year when the Eagles were at their best and snuck into the playoffs, it was because of the running attack. And, and most of that was the same, you know, the same scheme, the same concept, the same handful of plays. And the offensive line gets rolling. That's what they're at. That's when they're at their best. Pass protection has not been this team's forte after, say, week you – know, well, gosh, week one, it felt like Hurts was running for his life, but that was week right. one. They hadn't really practiced. Right. But, you right. know, from, say, weeks two to six or seven, I think they pass protected pretty well. I'm just spitballing here. But no, lately, no, I agree with you. That's a great um, point. You know, by but the way. I brought up, you know, I, I brought it up a couple weeks back. To me, Jordan Mailata is really struggling in pass protection. It's mm-hmm. concerning. I don't know if it's from that injury or what have you, but yeah, you know, can they, he this, punch with his shoulder? Yeah, no. It's so I mean, it's look. Bottom line is, Hurts' escapability is a big reason why this team's going to continue to have success. And and for those that are, and there are, they're out there. For those that are, you know, like, oh, they're running too much. They're relying on Hurts with his life. Right. What do you want them to do? Okay? It's the NFL. Upsets happen all the time. Sure. You've got to be ready all the time. Injuries happen every week. And I just, like you said, they're finding ways to win. And if you're going to tell me this, you know, look at last year when they got in the playoffs, this is a different team. And there's two reasons why this is – well, three reasons why this is a different team. One, the defense is way better. Two, Jalen Hurts is way better, and that might actually be number one as far yeah. as just accuracy with the football, if nothing else. Plus, he's more experienced, obviously. But the accuracy yeah, and, part is and huge. and taking care of the football, not yes. turning the ball over. I mean, how many times do we look at other quarterbacks like Josh Allen? You know, he's made some turnovers late, and it's cost this team. Yep. It happens and, all the time. And lastly, A.J. Brown. Yeah. You know, there was no A.J. Brown on this roster last year. So – to me, if you're going to get a little, oh, well, last year at the Bucks, it was too much running. And the deep, you know, you run into a defense that stops the run. How are you going to win? I would point to those three things. I would, I trust Jalen Hurts way more than I did a year ago. He's more accurate with the football. And to your point, he protects it well. He's not careless with the rock. The defense is way better. And now you have A.J. Brown, which is, who's a difference maker. When it's third and six in the fourth quarter of a playoff game on a, and you need to convert, now you have both Goddard, Brown, and Smith that, you know, if they want to take away option one, you've got yeah. other guys. So, uh, I mean, look, Qu- not, Quez, Quez Watkins, how about this? Quez Watkins, he is your third wide. Well, all right. Well, I hate okay. Quez Watkins. You want to know why I hate Quez Watkins? Why? Here we because go. Sunday night, oh, don't give me the here we go. I just listened, you <laughs> ran on Doc Rivers. Sunday night, <laughs> Sunday night, Quez, Quez Watkins on the third and one. Yeah. On the sneak that eventually became a fourth and one when they yeah. got snuffed. Uh-huh. Quez Watkins didn't touch that guy that came off the edge, grabbed Hurts and pushed him back to force the fourth and one. Instead, what Quez Watkins did is after he just stood there and watched the whole play happen, Quez Watkins puts his hand up pointing forward like they got the first down. Oh, yeah. I watched the replay. 
Screw you, Quez Watkins. Wake up. You want to talk about how fast you are, how great you are. Part of the reason you don't play or get any snaps is because of the inconsistent bullshit. Show up all the time, run blocking or otherwise. Wake up. Listen, there you go. Uh, dude, Watkins rant. Dude, that was amazing, by the way, because you literally just portrayed what, what we were just talking about. Are we too critical of this team? This guy's got five touchdowns and you're ripping him because he didn't protect on a QB. He doesn't have for... five touchdowns. He, he's got five receiving touchdowns. That's no bullshit. Since when? The start of the 2019? season. 2019? No, he's got five this year, Joe. I'm telling you. I was shocked, too. Our third receiver. He's got more touchdowns than Devontae Smith. Not even kidding. I know. Thanks. <clears throat> I hear you. Well, I don't think he stinks, but I, I get your rant. But, yeah, but, I mean, listen, once they get Dallas Goddard. By back, the way, I just they... picked him up off the waiver wire. So, he better yeah. not think <laughs> Oh, dude. Talking about fancy. Ugh. Injuries. Ugh. But, anyway, but, no, I mean, listen, we have six games left, right? You, you got two against the Giants. You get Dallas. You get the Bears, you get New Orleans, right? And who am I missing? In Chicago. I mean, what, you said the Bears. Yeah, you got them. We got Tennessee this weekend. Tennessee. Tennessee. That's it. Sorry. I mean, what is your projection for the next six? I mean, I think legitimately four and two is very plausible. Well, yeah. I mean, they're a 10 and one team. So I'm, I'm with you 100%. I, I know this weekend's tough, you know. Uh, I respect the Titans in large part because they're well coached. Yeah, they're, they're not going to give the game away, most likely, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, they're they're going to do what they do. But I think if the Eagles can find a way to contain, in some form or fashion, Derrick Henry, which is not a, a you know, a the Bengals did it last. Don't have you know a lights out defense? They just yeah. had a really good scheme and game plan, and uh, they tackled they tackled their asses off. I I I've I saw a stat or a nugget on the offensive line for the Titans. Their tackles are atrocious. They've allowed like a combined sixty hurries uh, in the season, uh, or pass rush hurries, whatever the heck you want to call it. So right. I expect Hassan Reddick, Brandon Graham, and company. Maybe yeah. Robert Quinn actually shows that he has anything left in the tank. But I think if you pressure Tannehill, if they can get him in the passing situation, if this is a commander's like the commander's game where it's third and three all, all day, third and four all day, the Eagles are going to have, you know, their hands full. But the game is at home, yeah. and I've, I fully expect this football team to come out. They know that there will be no overlooking the Tennessee Titans, and I think that bodes well. No. The injuries continue to mount up. Did I hear Bradbury's out? Oh, I didn't hear that. Or is he just hurt? Um, I didn't hear that. When did you hear that? Uh, I caught some of WIP. They were talking about the injuries are adding yes. up and Gardner Johnson and Bradbury. And so whatever, regardless, it's late in the season. You know, guys aren't 100 percent, but I'd like to see this team establish the run. You know, A.J. Brown's going to be a little extra. You know what for this game? A little over anxious, a uh, little an H word. <laughs> he's he's going to be, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, what I mean, he's going to be geeked up for this one. So. I no, would, I mean, uh, that's a prop bet where putting some money yeah. down. First touchdown, A.J. Brown, plus 750 I'd... on DraftKings. Oh, yeah? Somebody's doing a little research? Um, I'd be feeding him <laughs> the rock. I'd go A.J. Brown, no, two touchdown that... game. Whatever that is, if it's yeah. cost 1000 or whatever, you know, 10 to 1 off. A.J. Brown, two touchdown game. 
No, uh, I, but I, yeah, I, I think the birds well, find and, a way, and, Johnny. Yeah. Me, I really do. Yeah, yeah. No, me too. And I think Nick is one of those spiteful people, as you can tell after his Frank Reich tour. And if AJ Brown's got a little accent grind with his former team, I think uh, he's going to find a way to get him the football. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I agree. And then you know, looking ahead the following week against the Giants, I know that game's on the road, but the Giants, uh, I think a little their their fake luster's been knocked off. It's a divisional game. It ain't going to be easy, but. I think the Eagles can win the next two games. Look, this team has given us one bad week since September. Think right. about that for a minute. One bad week as far as waking up on a Monday and hating yourself. <laughs> so true. And, it's so true. It's I been mean, a nice, glorious gone, couple months. We've, we've <laughs> gone seasons where four weeks. I think last year there was like a little two or three game skid with the buy in there. Like we went a month without having the feeling of a winning football team a winning football game, some positivity. So I'm not taking this for granted. Thank God they're having this type of season. They stay healthy. I, I think they continue to just play good football. Yeah, and if they finish 14-3 and three or 13-4, and four, they're probably going to win the conference. I mean, look, Minnesota continues to hang around as far as the top of the conference goes. I don't believe in Dallas. Everybody forgets that, like, literally two weeks ago, Dallas just lost to Green Bay. And now all of a sudden they're – they're a top two team in the conference. Like, I know it's a week-to-week league. I get it. But does anybody remember? Like, you have to sometimes look back a week or two and just just take a breath sometimes and go, okay, like, how, how good is this team really? Not the Eagles, but just in general. And I, I think, you know, right now people get so caught up in what happened last Sunday or last Monday night. Like, no, dude, so let's take a look at the bigger picture here. Is Dallas a good team? Yes. Are they invincible? Or are they flawless? Absolutely not. So let's let's pump the brakes on the Cowboys or the team to beat or the 49ers or the team to beat. Right now, the Eagles at home are the team to beat. Well, Johnny Mead, it is time for predictions and full disclosure here. The end of this podcast, this thing almost turned into the lost episode. Uh, originally, when we recorded, we had some technical issues, some issues, a little glitchiness. We couldn't salvage our Thanksgiving dinner talk or our predictions, but here we are, days later, putting a bow on this thing. It's all on me, if I'm going to be honest. But, John Mita, you're in the parking lot of the link. I'm in the parking lot. It's pretty. People are still fucking high on turkey. Whoa. Whoops. (laughs) You're good. (laughs) People are uh, still high on turkey out here, Joe. It's a little serene. Haven't heard an Eagles chant yet, you know? Really? Yeah. Although the parking lot we're in is kind of lame, you know, it's like they got it quartered off to this FanDuel lounge, all these higher ups. Now they're uh, telling us we might have to park in the other direction while they could go beat sand and pound sand and whatever. We'll be writing our rep a nice gleeful email about where they're going to yeah. make us park. But uh, let them know. Let them know, John. Me. Yeah, you guys, but yeah feeling, you guys are OGs. Yeah, OGs. And I'm feeling good about this one, Joe. So I'm going to give my prediction right now how this is all going to transpire. All I'm right. going to stick with the whacked out original. We're going with 34 to 9 birds. That's right. Wow. 34-9. They don't get in the end zone. The defense finally shows the hell up. Jonathan Gannon comes up with the best game plan he's ever created. <laughs> and and you want to talk about bold prediction? There's one right there. So I like the Eagles big time. I think there's a coming out party for them to kind of show the rest of the league. Like now they're no longer the favorites in the NFC. Everyone's all cowboyed up and San Fran 49ers. Like, give me a break. 
We're going to show the whole world today why this is the best team in the NFL. All right. I like it. I, I think you're high on Turkey. I'm going to go 27-20. Okay. Uh, yeah. Two, two, touchdowns, two, two touchdowns from A.J. Brown. Okay. Unfortun- that's plus- Unfortunately, I have two for Derrick Henry as well. That's my single-game parlay. Ah. which I do not have place because I would never place a single-game parlay that involves another guy scoring touchdowns on the birds. However, if I was going to, I'd have two for each of those guys. Birds win 27-20. John Mita, most folks won't listen to this podcast until after kickoff, so our apologies there. But thank you for joining us in the parking lot. Have a couple cocktails for the crew. Well, I'm going to be, you know – and I'm going to be DD to Jay, Joe. I'm going to be responsible, but believe me, I will be bringing the noise in the stadium as I do each and every week that I'm down here. Oh, we know that. We know that. Safe travels getting back. All right. Birds. You want to get an Eagles chant? Should we get yeah, an let's Eagles chant? Huh? Yeah, Car- Eagles chant. Let's go. E A G L E S Eagles. Yeah, this crowd sucks here, Joe. Signing That's off. Hard. That's all right, brother. That's all good, man. So get the dub. Get this city back on board. Ten and one team, and the crowd needs to be fired up. Yeah, I'm trying to get these people together. Sorry, brother. Thank you for doing this. You the man. You got it. See you, Godspeed. Appreciate everybody tuning in, brother. Love podcast. Till next time. We'll see.